What is going on, Military Cash Flow family? Today, we have another great episode for you. Um, but first, today's Mike. Mike is not here. He's in Belize, hanging out with uh, the whole Five Pillars crew. They're doing their, I think it's a yearly retreat right now. So um, so it's just going to be me on the airwaves today with you guys, doing uh, playing the host, the single host. Um, I am, what's going, a little bit about what's going on with me. One, it's like a Saturday morning and it's raining, so it's kind of sucky weather outside, but um, it, we're, we're going to make it a great day today. Um, still finishing up the refinance process of my uh, of my first four unit, um, and we're doing a cash out refinance, and you guys got to stay tuned for the video for that one, dude. I'm taking out six figures, bro, and it's still going to be able to cash flow like I'm still cash flowing like 850 after taking out six figures. So, um, and this has been a, it's, I've had it for what, since 2018, the beginning of 2018. So uh, it's awesome. Just awesome. I can't be more excited about that. Uh, making money on a cash out refinance right now. It's uh, infinite returns because I got all my money out of it, but um, that's just a quick preview. I'll be making a longer video on how that, how that went. And then um, how, how, it worked with using Mike as my uh, loan officer. So if you don't know, definitely link up with Mike if you're looking to refinance or if you're looking to buy your first uh, investment property or you're looking to uh, buy your primary residence anywhere in the North Carolinas, Mike can definitely help out with that. Uh, so we got you covered. Um, yeah, man. So today's guest, we got Travis Hill. It's awesome dude. Met him at Flip Hacking Live uh, down in Orlando for at Bill Allen's event. Um, it was an excellent time. And, and like I said, you guys are going to start seeing um, some of the people that I networked with there. They're going to start coming on the show here shortly. So um, it's really cool. This is an awesome episode, man. So Travis has been in the military for, for a while. Um, he had a full-time job. He, uh, 9-11 happened. He felt the call and he's like, hey, I'm going to go join, uh, join the Marines. But before then, he started investing into uh, single family homes in Las Vegas right before the, the, the Great Recession, right? So he was racking up homes in like 2003, 2004, 2005, like around that, around that time period. And then the recession happens, pretty much lost everything. And then, you know, just like the Phoenix man rose from the ashes and came back with a vengeance. And now he's crushing it and he's diversified across a bunch of different type of investments, um, including land, including uh, turnkey, including syndications and like just a myriad of other investments and now private money lending. So it's just absolutely awesome to hear, um, you know, that, you know, that journey, his journey. And he gives a lot of actionable steps um, as to how someone can navigate through something like that, right? And then also um, also navigate through the low period, what it's like starting over or what it's like starting from the beginning and having to you know, work those side hustles or work something else to, to, to then create more income to then invest into assets, right? To invest into more assets, right? So as all this happened, you know, as he started uh, having to short sell his homes and like, uh, you know, the Great Recession happened, um, he was he was like an E4, E3, E4 in the military dealing with all this at the same time. So it's just a great episode, man. I'm not going to do it any justice by uh, kind of giving you the summary right here. So without further ado, stay tuned. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby, and this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. 
We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Travis Hill, welcome to the show, man. I'm really, really excited about this interview for you. For those who don't know, uh, we met at Flip Hacking Live. I did a mini interview with uh, Travis, and man, he's just a he's just a pretty cool. And in, in the like ten minutes, well, I guess we got to chill for a little bit longer than ten minutes. But in the time that we got to hang together, the short period we got to hang together, um, I felt the bond, man. I felt the bond. Yeah, you're just a really cool dude, man. So please, uh, well, one, welcome to the show. And then thanks, man. Uh, Super stoked to be here. Definitely. And then uh, please let our audience know a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, where you're from, and what you're doing in real estate. Okay. Uh, my name is Travis Hill, active duty Marine stationed in Camp Pendleton. Going to be 18 years next month. And currently using real estate. My goal with real estate is not to have a W-2 job when I retire. And my portfolio consists of single family homes, commercial multifamily, short-term rentals, uh, syndication, limited partner in the syndication, land, and private lending, and learning lots of lessons. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So um, where, did your, where did your journey begin? Where did your like journey with not just real estate, but just, you know, I guess, how was your upbringing and how did that lead to where you are now? Where you are now? My upbringing, wow. You know what? No, I've never been asked that question. That's a great question. Well, I, th I think it's important. Like we try to ask that question every now and again, because it, it's nice to it resonates with other people, right? Like, you know, someone ha might have a different background based off the way they were raised. And, you know, some people even bring, use those for limiting beliefs. Like, hey man, I don't have anybody in my family that ever invested. Well, how am I supposed to do it, right? Well, then we get people like you who maybe that's your story. And it's like, huh, I got it. Maybe that gives me the motivation to then go do the same thing. So off topic, but yeah, let's, let's, let's. Yeah, uh, no, man, it's that's solid. That is a great question. So I was raised in a little town called, called Lehigh. And it's between the reservation and Mesa in Arizona. And we lived on a dirt road, grew up with horses. And my stepdad made a thousand bucks a month. And we went from rodeo to rodeo. And we kind of lived super simple. And we, uh, we weren't raised with much. And grew up to grow up team roping, grew up, um, you know, chasing barrels as a little kid. And just grew up. We didn't grow up with much and everything. I mean, I had, we had everything that I needed and not much more. And real estate wasn't a thing. It never was talked about. Money was never talked about. You know, the typical, uh, you know, what we all kind of see about, like, don't talk about money, politics, or sex. And you just got a job, went to college. I think I'm the only child to actually get a college degree. Uh, yep, I am. And uh, so it's just a very like simple and, and humble upbringing. Love it. I love it. So real estate wasn't really talked about. You weren't, you weren't exposed to it or anything like that. And you just kind of figured your way out or figured your way into it. What was the, I guess, the catalyst or what was the, you know, the, the, the light switch is like, hey, let me try this real estate thing out. Oh, that's an even better question. So uh, finished my degree in early, late, what, 99 was dating a phenomenally hot woman who is now my wife. <laughs> and uh, she graduated a year after I did and moved to Vegas where her parents retired. And she started doing loans. And she's like, hey, you should check out this real estate thing. And I'm like, all right. So 
I started buying in, in Vegas, you have communities, right? And in Vegas, I would buy the second biggest home and then they, and I would house hack it before it was a thing. So we're talking like 20 years ago. Well, when you have a, you have a phase one, right? Well, in every phase release within the community, they raise the price 10 grand, 12 grand or whatever. And so this is early 2000s, right? Like everything's clicking, everything's going up. So I would wait six, eight months, get my earnest money back or my initial deposit back for the, for the house and refinance the property because it goes up again, 40, 50,000. Then I would just turn around and do that again. So my fiance and my girlfriend, then she started buying homes too. So we had like six properties and everything was fantastic. And I thought like, Hey man, we are done. Like we are set. This is great. And I uh, joined the Marine Corps in 2003, go to a pump to Iraq in 06. The Great Recession happens in 08. I pump again to Iraq and then pump uh, two more times in, uh, at, to Afghanistan in 2010 and 11. And then by 2011, those homes are gone and I'm back to three kids, one on the way and a government paycheck. Yeah, man. So, um, so I want to dig in just a little bit, uh, a little bit there because, um, I, yeah, I think that's, that, that's a interesting story. And we don't, we don't really, we don't really have too many guests on that were that went through the great recession. Right. And actually had a portfolio during that time. Right. And those can be like huge lessons learned. Um, but before we do that, I want to kind of get into the new development. You were buying in new communities and you said you, you were buying, buying in phase one. Um, and what typically happens is after the, the first set of homes are built, the, the, the community starts to uh, increase in value as far as like the prices, right? What was your right. strategy there? Because I, I, I think that still happens now, right? Um, it does. It, I mean, this yeah. is almost like... It seems like it's kind of a, like a, a similar scenario from 2008, the way that home prices are rising. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And like, can you explain what, like, how you even thought to do that? Like, hey, let me buy in phase one and then I'll go back and refinance, get my money out. Or what, what, what was your strategy there? Oh, I just realized that that's what they were, that's what uh, builders were doing. You know, your, your uh, DR Hortons, Beezer, KB, like that's what they would do. That's how they're able to, I guess, probably recoup their money or probably part of their financials. They would just have a new phase release and it kind of incentivized people to get in early and fill up the, the lots early. So it had, it ensured that the construction crews were going to be busy building stuff. And it just seemed to work out. You know, I would house hack each room and I'd live in the master and rent out the other rooms. I never lived. I never had to make a payment we just all split the utilities. So everything was just fantastic. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is a great model. I thought, uh, the lessons I learned from that is that I was so focused on the ants climbing on the bark of my trees that I didn't bother to look around the forest fire that was flaring with, you know, I didn't look at any other financials. I didn't look elsewhere to see, Hey, what is the world doing? Why is it so easy for me to get qualified on the next home? Like, I didn't care about any of that. My sole, per, my sole focus was finding the next community is in the earliest phase so that I could refinance the, the house that I was in to get in and go to the next one. And I'm assuming you were making money off of those. Uh, like, I don't know if you were doing the refinance or, you're, or maybe you were making money both ways through cash flow and, and the refinance. What, what did that look like? Yeah. So I would just, you know, once it got to like three or four phases, because they were, they were basically going up like 10 grand a phase, I would just refinance out of that. And I would get that 40 grand, everything, you know, whatever that amount was and 
how then rent out the entire house either to a family or to a bunch of other dudes and then just do it again and so i was always on the look i had an agent that understood what we were wanting to do and just found them so you're just racking up the houses and then and then you decided to join the military so where did that come into play because it seems like i mean that what you were doing already, it seems like that could have been a full-time job or at least maybe not a full-time job, but at least could have sustained you. Right. So what was it, uh, what was it about the military that drew you, uh, that drew you into it? Uh, 9-11. Okay. You know, like I, I was in California, uh, graduated and was working for a steel fabrication company. 9-11 happened and then, uh, moved to Vegas after that little micro recession in the early 2000s, right? Everything kind of just kind of wobbled because I guess the Prince song was in full effect and Y2K was a thing, right? <laughs> and, some of our um, listeners are like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, what is Y2K? <laughs> I distinctly remember that, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the whole doom and gloom that was coming with that. So there was a little thing. So I moved to Vegas, followed my fiance after she graduated there. And, and um, yeah, it... it so it you had happened. a calling. So you had a calling. You're like, hey, man. I had a calling. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember I walked into the recruiter's office and he's like, hey, how's it going? You want to look at these tiles? And I'm like, no, I'm just here to sign up. He's like, well, don't you want to? And I'm like, look, bro, if you keep trying to sell me, I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm just here to sign up. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, all right. Um, like, how old are you? And I'm 28. Like, my birthday was, what, three weeks before I stood on the Yellow Footprints, Pearl Harbor Day. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to serve. And I didn't even tell my fiance, like, this is one, this is one of the, the, that's when you know you marry a good woman, right? Or at least you're with one because we came back to the Renaissance Festival. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore. Yeah, they still do that. Okay. I can't date myself too many times yeah. in, in this podcast. <laughs> and so she, I said, Hey, I've got a question or I've got to tell you something. She's like, Hey, what's up? I said, uh, I joined the Marine Corps. I ship in two weeks. And she's like, trying to pull off the ring like what the heck so it was uh yeah it was quite a shock and i just went and did it and that's that was, a serious uh, yeah you are a true american man you're a true american I, I felt that one right there you know so i told you guys man travis is a good dude man just all around good you. dude but um so you you had a call you were already you already had a full-time career you were already married and you know 9 11 happens and you feel you have this calling um and you're already dipping and dabbling into real estate as well and then you joined the military. Did that change things for you outside of outside of that, you know, I guess that passion and drive that you had to serve for your country? Uh, did, did that affect anything with your with your military side? And and then also shout out to your wife, man. Obviously, amazing woman. She stick with you through the, through the thing. I'm sure like 90 percent of women out there have been like, nah, <laughs> you're not going to join the Marines and not tell me. <laughs> Yes. Just make sure the ring's one size smaller and it's harder exactly. to get off. Exactly. You can't it's take good. that bad boy off. But uh, how did that change? How did that change if it changed anything at all? It changed our entire existence. Um, I was working for a civil engineering firm doing all their drafting and, and uh, all their print work for them. And so I knew like I was in tune with where the like where Vegas was going, where it was growing and everything else. And <laughs> excuse me, she was a loan officer. So we were making very, very good money. And so we were able to, to dabble and, and to invest and, you know, just kind of like use our money and we're early twenties. Right. So like no big deal. When you join the Marine Corps and I, I distinctly remember when the recruiter's like, Hey, do you want to be an officer? Cause you have your degree. I'm like, well, what's the difference? He's like, well, an officer tells somebody to do it unless the guy does it. I'm like, well, I want to do the shooting. Like, I don't want to tell somebody to do it. He's like, Oh, sign right here. So I didn't even go to like an officer recruiter. Right. 
So it, it went from making six digits a year to like 19,000 as a PFC, right? As an E1. And then you're like, oh, I guess we're gonna have to get really good on this budget thing. And I'm gonna go back to ironing my, my uniforms instead of having them dry cleaned and having my truck washed every week. Like, so there was a big financial adjustment, but also a big mentality, you know, mental mindset shift because we just weren't in that pay grade anymore. And then your wife had to adjust to that too, because I'm assuming once you shipped off, I mean, after you came back from uh, boot camp, your your uh, wife had to move whatever duty station you were going to. Or you, I'm, I'm assuming she moved with you. So I'm we assuming that- we did not live under the same house house until two years later. So I got my first orders to Okinawa. I shipped out. It was there a year, and um, she came out to visit me. Compliments of Space A flight, and I came back. I went got orders to North Carolina that year after being in Okinawa, deployed to Iraq in 06. And then didn't see her with our newborn to our two week old baby. She flew from Las Vegas where she was living in North Carolina. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Mrs. Hill, man. Shout out to Mrs. Hill. Big time. Um, Yeah, yeah, I know that had to probably be a pretty, pretty rough for her. So, but meanwhile, uh, while all this is going on, you're, you're at Camp Pendleton, uh, you go to North Carolina, you go and deploy uh, all that that time. And you were talking 06, like literally the forest is burning around like you like the analogy you used yes. uh, and around real estate. So you're you're a PFC or maybe you're a specialist during that time or, or E4 during that time once you got to North Carolina. But either way, you were lower enlisted. You definitely took a, a large pay cut. And now what was a moneymaker is starting to kind of crumble around you. Can you walk us through that? Like, what what is going on? Like, that's got to be, I don't know. I'm thinking to myself, I'd be like, what the heck, dude? So, like, how do you navigate that? So, when I was deployed, and because we didn't have bigger pockets, like, none of this stuff existed, right? YouTube, none of this. So, it was all just, like, trial and error. Now, my wife's mother had had had, had apartments back when she was growing up. So she was kind of familiar with it. And then obviously being as a loan officer, she kind of understood the game, both sides of that. So she was managing the houses, like doing the whole envelopes with money, picking it up in the mailbox, you know, that type of thing. And when she was North Carolina and Vegas starts getting hit, right? And Vegas and Phoenix were one of the worst hit markets. I thought Vegas, I think Vegas was literally number one. I was in Orlando. So we, we we were up there top five for sure. And so you're watching seriously, like monthly, your house value just going down, going down. And then there's a correlation between the house value, at least for that, for us during the recession, there was a correlation between house value and rent, rent income. And so while our mortgage was still due, rent's going from, you know, 15, 1800 to 12 to a thousand to nine to eight to five, to please just stay in the house and pay something, <laughs> right? And you're watching 50% value of your house just go down. And the mortgage doesn't change. So it was a huge, huge uh, mental and emotional strain on our marriage. And here we are, you know, early, late 20s, early 30s, second kid on the way. And well, no, first kid, second, yeah, second kid on the way. And our reserves are gone. We're Dave Ramsey beans and rice in it, trying to figure out how to budget our money on my one paycheck to make these mortgage payments work. And then we started, um, you know, and preparing up for another deployment to Iraq. And just, it was, it was a really tough time. 
and lots of prayers, lots of communication, lots of arguments, lots of like, you know, late nights trying to figure out things. And we just kept right on marching, like, you know, making mission like you're supposed to do. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. And then on top of that, still uh, still going through just a regular uh, military, regular Marine like lifestyle, which, you know, hey, we got to go to the field. Hey, we got and you, you, you were infantry the entire time, right? You're still are you still infantry? No, I'm an I'm an engineer. So I was with the wing okay. unit. So, okay. yeah, we're we're our sole purpose is launching and recovering aircraft. And uh, I'm over there trying to hone my craft as an engineer operator and learning how to destroy anything and everything and make anything and everything when it comes to horizontal construction and material handling equipment. So yeah, we were, we were busy. Yeah. That's got, I mean, that's tough. That's crazy. So now the, obviously you're still in real estate now and you're doing great, great in real estate right now. How did that transition? I mean, cause I think most people would experience that, see the strain that it has on their family. And then, you know, 2006 was 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 literally just 2008 i guess 2006 to 2008 that recession was just absolutely crazy and devastating for most people how do you recover from that how did like how, how do you recover from that uh you you broaden your viewpoint right like i stopped looking at bark and i looked at the forest and i i looked at you know, yield spreads. And I listened to C-SPAN every once in a while when they talked about finances and then tried to stay awake, right? And you just, you look at stocks and you look at other options and you see what's out there besides the next house or your next thing. And because those are all indicators, right? And in the Marine, in the military, we're all about what are your, trying to stay left of the boom. What are your indicators? What are your indicators? And then uh, you just stay focused on the indicators while you're trying to grow your portfolio or you're trying to get into real estate or whatever it is that you're, you know, trying to do and just look for those indicators. You're diversifying, you're looking at, you're looking at other things. I'm, I'm sure the diversification definitely helps uh, as well. Cause usually all sectors don't just, <laughs> every sector of investing doesn't just, uh, crush, you know, or just, uh, collapse. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so, okay. Uh, that makes sense. So what was your first, uh, dip back into real estate after, 
Um, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming if you had six homes and there were like, I mean, were you able to hold on to any of those homes or like you had to yeah. let them go? So we you let them all, we, we short sold all of them, you know, got the 1099 from the taxes and had to pay all that stuff back. So uh, we didn't claim, we never went into bankruptcy. We just made it work. Like we've, that's a responsible thing to do. It probably would have been easy to do bankruptcy and slough all that off. But, you know, like we, we have a little bit of integrity in our life and our family and we knew that we had to do the right thing. So we just did it. And so we, um, you know, we sold the last house, got it short sold in 2011 and then didn't pick back up again until 2018 because it was all just recovery phase, right? Like, Hey, now we can actually go and uh, get an in and out burger this month. That's fantastic after three, four years, five years or something like that. So we just lived, learned how to live frugal during that time. And then in 2018 was, uh, met Dave Perret from military to millionaire and got introduced to Stu Grazier and his company was storehouse 310 and had the opportunity to buy one of his turnkey properties did so. And then that was the launch pad to everything else that's been going on right now. Excellent, man. Here we are. Dave and Stu are great guys. They've also been on our podcast. Um, I'll have to put a link to the episode. Dave's coming back on here in a couple of weeks, actually. Nice. But um, but yeah, so I, I, what I want to talk about, because because I think your story really resonates with a lot of people, um, it, because we're all at a certain point when we first start. Right. It, it all seems uh, extremely complicated and all seems like we're looking at our budget, especially like some of our some of our enlisted soldiers, even even officers. We have bad money habits. Right. And we we once we find out about real estate, we're usually not in a position to go ahead and execute. Usually we have to prep a year or two or like try to figure out what's going on and save money and live frugally like you're talking about um, before we can actually get that first investment. Can you talk to those that are in that situation? Like like I was in the same situation. Can you can you walk us through like what that looks like for you, what your mentality has to be um, in order to, you know, have that end goal to get back into investing or get into investing, right? Um, how do you how do you navigate through that lull point, that point where you're you're, you're just kind of like, you know, in the trenches trying to you know, dig yourself out? I, totally. You you have to, you know, you're let's say you're a young E1 to E5 living in the barracks by yourself, right? I know in the Marine Corps, if you're trying to be motivated and uh, go out and buy your first property, you know, a rental property and house hack it, they're going to be like, no, the barracks percentage is fine. So you're going to live there. I know the other branches are much more lenient, but we're pretty um, absolute when it comes to that. You, I grew up living on the 80-10-10 plan. So I tied 10, I saved 10, and I spent 80. I now tell those young Marines, like, hey, live on the, like the 70-20-10 plan. Like save 70, invest 70, spend 30 and then tie 10, you know, because that's going to give you that ability to invest in something, right? Just grow. And then take very, be very Dave Ramsey when it comes to like getting your budget, understanding what you spend, know what you spend, how you spend it, why you spend it, like understand those things and then set your budget accordingly. Because if you do that, you're going to be like, oh, hey, I'm growing, you know, max out. If you choose to do the 401k, like the TSP, max it out, like figure out what that is to max it out and go forth and do it. And then just educate yourself, get educated, read, listen, and, and then don't just take action. You've got to, you know, I live in a, in a community where it's all officers, company grade to, to field grade. 
01 to 06. And I host a monthly meetup right here in the community. And I'll post it on Facebook within the, the community Facebook page. And 150 people will see it and three people will show up. You know, and we in the military does a very, I think does a very poor job about learning how to do a side hustle. They want you to be like, hey man, trade your camis for a suit for Friday to Monday so you can get that contractor job. And then you spent 20 years, 30 years complaining about the, the bureaucracy and the process, but make sure you write yourself into a contract so you can add yourself as a clog onto that bureaucracy. It's, it baffles me. You know, you've got, you've got guys that, that are trying to like, are excited to triple dip from the government because I got my pension, then I was a GS worker and I got my pension from that. And now I'm old enough to get social security. Well, great. Now you're so broken white hair that you can't even go anywhere and enjoy because you did it. Like that doesn't make, that makes no sense to me. Zero. So there's more out there. Like under, educating military personnel that there's more out there than that W-2 paycheck is like the thing that drives me every day. I get three or four people a day showing up. My office, hey, sir, I've got a question about this. I heard that you, you've done a podcast or you're into real estate. Yes, what would you like to know? How can I help you? Because you've got to educate them to know that there's something greater out there than this like first and the 15th thing. Oh my gosh, man. Absolutely love it. That's why we created this whole thing. I, I'm super passionate about that, obviously, you know, so uh, absolutely love that. And you're hundred percent right, man. And, and I like the, um, you mentioned Dave Ramsey a couple of times and like um, just kind of flipping the script where and try to invest 20, live on or invest 70, live on 20 and then tied 10. Right. Um, yes. And I think that's, I think that's, that's key, you know, living below your means um, and investing what you can. And then also the education piece, right? Um, we, you're right. I 100% agree. It's not, the, it's, it's uh, the same in the, the Marines as it is in the army, right? Like we don't talk about anything um, as it relates to money, like barely anything, right? We talk more about like, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of important things, but we talk more about like anti-terrorism training online than we do like a, a soldier's budget, right? Or a soldier's finances and how to, you know, how to, you know, live frugally and, and invest and, and create that side hustle, right? I get why they don't teach, you know, you know, create a side hustle. I kind of understand that a little bit, but I mean, I think it's important to at least know and be exposed to it so that you have that option um, and this is not the only thing that, you know, like, Hey, just like you said, and waiting on the first and 15th and then prepping everything, prepping your entire, you know, however long you stay in the military, prepping that time just to go into a contracted or, or another W2 job. I, I think you're spot on with that. Absolutely love it. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. love. I think it's also important too, to know that, you know, technology and ideas, entrepreneurship in this world and the digital age that we live in is huge. You know, like Turo, I can rent my car, make a side hustle because I'm going to go on a deployment. Oh, hey, I'll give somebody 25% if they can manage it, keep it clean and keep it. Somebody you trust, right? Okay, cool. Uh, if you live in a house out in town, uh, Neighbor is an app that you can rent your parking space to or your garage. You know, like if you just have an inkling of initiative, which we should because we're in the military and we're trying to strive to be better and you want to get promoted and which means more pay and more responsibility, which you shouldn't shirk from. But just look and man, the options are amazing. It's out there. You know, if you want to spend extra weekend because 
you know, you could do your YouTube channel if you want to be a gamer in the barracks or something, or you want to deliver pizzas on base. Like there's so many opportunities that you can have that's not just real estate specific, but real estate will help you accelerate uh, your net worth and your savings. And if you're doing that at 20, man, and you know, like there's people we know in the, in the real estate community that are active duty that are absolutely crushing it. And I'm 46 and they're half my age and I marvel at what they're doing. Marvel. Like, man, I wish. I thought I was doing it, but no, they're crushing it. What I was doing 20 years ago, dude, that's, 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 a, that's a one celled organism in a sea full of whales, man. Like they're doing amazing, amazing things. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know. I, I get hyped up when I see that. Like we've had several uh, E4 and below come on our podcast and I actually just got a text uh, yesterday a guy we've been talking to is he's a PFC. We've been talking to him for, uh, I don't know, probably about six months now. And he's went through uh, two different times trying to get a duplex and he just closed on one. I'm like super excited. I'm, I'm going to bring him on a podcast. It's going to be awesome. But um, yeah, definitely. I love, love uh, seeing that. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think uh, we, we talked with several people, right? Every, if you're listening to this, you have a passion and you have a skill that you don't know right? Um, you, you may or may not know. Um, whatever that passion and whatever that skill is, once you can figure out how to monetize it, right? You can, that is your side hustle. It, and it can be a very, very easy side hustle, or it could be something that you just have, just like Travis said, hey, man, I, I, got, a, I got a spare car and I'm about to deploy. All right. Instead of letting it just sit in the parking lot and, and collect rust and actually get worse when you come back, right? rent that bad boy out on Toro, man. Give it to your, give it to your significant other, your brother, or, you know, give it to someone else, uh, wherever they're at and let them, let them put it on Toro. Right. It could easily be bringing you side income. Then you take that side income and then you invest into assets. You invest into that real estate. Right. So, I mean, that's how you can get some of the, if you're thinking like, Hey, I don't, I don't have any extra money after my military, uh, after my, um, uh, my military pay, right. To invest into anything, this is it, man. You have some kind of skill. You have some kind of passion. All you have to do is figure out how to monetize it. And in just a little research, you can figure out how to monetize whatever you want to, man. Like, um, I think it's awesome. I think it's absolutely awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, man. hundred percent. Everything you just said, hundred percent. All right. So, um, we, we talked, uh, talked about the, we got hyped up there about, you know, seeing so <laughs> do great things. Right. But, uh, so back to you though. Um, so you, you kind of talked us through that lull period and what you did, what your mentality was and how you were able to navigate that, right? So what did the first, uh, actually, you, you, I guess you kind of mentioned it and I forgot. Uh, so you got with Stu and you got with Dave and you got with 310 turn, it's not turnkey, it's a 310. Um, storehouse 310. Uh, storehouse 310, sorry. So you got with Storehouse and Stu and you got your first turnkey investment. Can you talk us through that? One, what is turnkey for our audience that doesn't know? What does yeah. that look like? And what is that process? Shout out to Stu, by the way. Huge shout out to Stu, because you'll not find another turnkey company that does it like Storehouse does. I'll tell you that right now. Turnkey, it has a wide range of what it means. But the definition is basically you're buying a brand new or a rehabbed house that has a tenant in it or about to have a tenant in it that has everything in place. It has a property manager in place. It's nice and it's been rehabbed and you just buy it and it starts operating and it should be generating net cash flow or a positive cash flow return on your investment. 
on the money that you put in. It's usually done conventional conventionally, meaning you put your 20, 25% down, you get a 30 year conventional loan, very traditional, like what, you know, currently or your, what your parents did, um, or you just buy it out for cash if you have it. Excellent. So, um, for those who would, would you recommend that for a first investment? Um, I, if you wanted to, yes, who, absolutely. I think who, that who was the type of best investor that should get turnkey in your opinion? Ooh, yeah. Somebody who maybe doesn't, uh, I think an out-of-state investor can do it if they have the relationship built. I think if they know the company, they've vetted the company, they've vetted the people because a lot of out-of-state investors get burned on turnkey because they think it's something and maybe they don't have the time to go visit it. Uh, the relationship that Stu and David have at Storehouse 310 is top notch. Like, I think they're the only store, they're the only turnkey company that offers a one-year warranty after you buy it. So that's like, they're basically guaranteeing their work for the first year. Um, somebody who is hesitant to be a total, completely active investor. I mean, you're active on the turnkey, but you don't have to go and vet, right? You don't have to go and find your core four, your property manager, your lender, your, your, your um, contractor and your real estate agent. Like that's already kind of done for you when you buy a turnkey property. Okay. So um, for those of you who don't know, like the, the process of actually, let's say you don't, so you got turnkey, which literally they give you a product. They even help you with the lender. They'll even use, I'm assuming they have the property manager already in place for you as well. So you're right. literally buying a complete asset where you don't have to do anything, but literally collect a paycheck. And, and obviously, you know, you got to pay for the house, you know, so you don't have to do anything outside of just paying the mortgage and collecting uh, your, your rental income, right? <clears throat> so for those who don't do turnkey, right, it's a longer process. You're actually just like uh, uh, Travis talked about, you, you got to get your four, your core four, right? And then you have to, the hardest piece is actually going through the renovation, right? If there is a renovation involved in dealing with contractors and some people just don't have the time to do that. You know, we're active duty. Some might just, you know, might have a little bit of cash sitting around and they're like, Hey man, I want to invest, but I, I, there's no way I have time to manage contractors and, uh, you know, actually look at hundreds of homes, right? Um, see what, do the, do the analysis, right? And then, the property management side, find a, a solid property manager. So that's where uh, Stu Grazier, Dave Perret, and um, Storehouse 310 comes into play. And, I, and I'll give them a shout out. I, I completely, uh, completely support uh, th their business for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the turnkey could be a great, uh, can be a great uh, first investment for someone who just doesn't have the time or doesn't, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to diversify and they don't want to get too, too deep into learning the intricacies of real estate and how to, you know, get it all up and running. So you did that first turnkey, right? Now, did you continue to do turnkey after that or what, what, because we talked about a several different investments on the, on the, on the uh, very beginning, you said you were doing a few different um, types of investment strategies or using a, a different types of investment strategies. After the turnkey, how did you expand into different things and why? And, and why did you expand into different strategies? I expanded because I learned that when you're all in single family homes and something bad happens, you're kind of left, right? So I wanted to diversify, but I didn't know how many options are available in real estate to diversify in. I thought it was just you buy a property and you become a landlord. No, like uh, I kept with, I stayed on Stu's list 
because he has a buyer's list and I stayed on there. I've, I've acquired three uh, single family homes with Storehouse, but I also uh, was able to be an equity partner in a land deal in Arizona that my parents like, hey, my dad was like, hey, there, there's this land deal. Oh, okay, it sounds good. So, you know, now I'm, I'm a partner in, in a land in Arizona, which is fantastic. That gives me money every week, every month too. Just really quick, touch on that because you say land deal, and I and I'm I'm there's a bunch of different types of land deal too deals too. Yes. So I'm curious, like, really take a brief second and just kind of once over the world what that looks like. Okay, so you're basically a you're funding the developer to go out and purchase land and do improvements, whether it's um, you know building up utilities, take raw land, converting it into ma making it more profitable on what you do to it. So the land, it's uh, in the Harquahela Valley. We just got the water rights to it. So now we have water rights that everybody below us can either pay for or we can sell it. So we have options now because we got the water rights to the property. And then we fund it, like we uh, invest money with the developer and then he gives us a return. And then we've been, we started off at 12 acres and and we've now rolled it over into 112 acres and Woo. just continue to roll forward. Nice, all right, so we got, so we got land, we talked turnkey. Can you talk us through some other options? Yes. So with uh, Valkyrie Investment Group, Christian Ash and Laverick, both Had them on too, yeah. guys, <laughs> solid, solid dudes. Um, you know, that's, and that, you know, name dropping, like when you're just solid people doing good things in the world, name dropping is like, you feel good doing it. Right. When I talk about these names and these people, like you are, I feel better just saying their name because they're so awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Chris and Ashton, they do syndications. So they're buying multi, you know, I think they just closed on a 384 unit apartment complex. Well, no single person well, that I know has enough money to buy that. So they do a thing called a syndication. And now you start learning into what passive in passive investing is vice the, the turnkey property is more active investing because you're more like talking to the property manager, you're more involved in making decisions. But the passive when it comes to being a limited partner, an LP in a syndication. So the 120 unit apartment complex that I'm a limited partner in an LP is I invested money with Valkyrie Investment Group. They're the general partners. So they have their group that have found the deal, managing it, rehabbing it, building it back up, increasing its, its uh, net operating income and therefore increasing its value. I'm a passive investor in that, meaning that I vetted them I said, hey, what your, your product is good. I'm going to give you X amount of money and I get an X amount of return back. So it's a five-year hold. So for five years, I get this percentage every month. And then when they sell it, I get a percentage of the equity that they sell. So they increase in equity a million bucks and I'll get a percentage off that. So in a five-year turn, I get 12% back on my money, you know? And so you're able, and, and that, that interest rate changes and there's a whole lesson and a whole nother like 15 podcasts on how syndications work. But basically you're a limited partner. They collect and raise the money. And then you are a passive investor. You have no, in, no say in what happens, but you just collect a, a return on your money for giving it, investing with the general partners in that property. Excellent. Yeah. We both had, uh, we both had, them. Uh, we've had them both on the podcast as well. The whole, the, the, both sides of the Valkyrie group. So um, definitely go check that episode out. And we talk all about syndication. So that group of good guys, man, too. I definitely give them a shout out. One thing I, I just, it's happened a few times on the show, right? Where we, we, we're talking to a service member who's been investing and they start name dropping. It's like, yep, we know them. Yep. 
they know they know this person, they know this person. You start to realize if you're listening to this podcast and you decide to get into real estate, reach out to us, man. Like, because whatever you're interested in, chances are because this is such a small and and I would say somewhat tight knit group community. I mean, I just joined the the War Room Mastermind and like. I think damn near everybody we're talking about right now is is is, uh, is in that mastermind group. So um, it just reach out to us because chances are we we know someone that can help you in whatever uh, style of investing that you are interested in, right? So um, I just think that's pretty cool. You start you start name dropping. We're kind of a, a tight community, and we all know each other, man. Like, and nobody's nobody's even like bashing each other. Like, oh no, don't want to do that with these guys. Like everybody's like, yeah, man they're good guys, good guys. I mean, yeah. it's, I don't know. I, I think it, I, I see it as like almost another military branch in its own, right? Like the real estate, <laughs> like the real estate branch, you know? So absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. But um, so, all right. So we talked about syndication. We talked about land. We talked about um, the uh, turnkey and that's what you're investing in right now. And I'm assuming, we're, I'm assuming there might be a few others. What are they? There is. So I just closed. I bought my first commercial multifamily. So in real estate world, if you buy a single family house up to a, a quadplex or a four unit property, that's considered residential. So I bought a five unit, which now makes a commercial, which is a whole nother set of rules. And so I bought, I bought that in January for 40,000 a unit. And I just sold it. Um, today's the sixth. I sold it three days ago for 70,000 a unit. So Super great experience. Learned a ton. Learned a ton. Many of them, I don't want to repeat, but it was still an amazing learning process and excited to do again. That was in Cleveland, Ohio. Met some amazing people. Got a great team there and continue, And I'm continuing to invest in there. And that was just an amazing, amazing process. And like you talk about doing, I, I, it was going, to be in, uh, was going to be a buy and hold property. Ended up being kind of a, flip and just learned amazing, amazing things. And then uh, learned about private lending. And so I also do private lending. So Pretty I am funding. By chance was it Alex Brashears? Say again? By, by chance was it from Alex Brashears? From Alex? Uh, I, I know of her. I okay, was, okay. yeah, Dave told me about her, her Facebook page and her Facebook page is incredible. Like awesome. If you want to know anything about private lending, check out private money lending, I think, or private lending, her, her Facebook group, Alex, Alex Bashirs. Yeah, she's awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I tell you, I think that as, as I am diversified in the real estate piece, raising money, helping people, bringing people together with syndications, right? Bringing other military members that have, have a little nest egg, they're tired of Maybe they're sick of the volatility of crypto or the stocks they invested in aren't doing good, or maybe they don't like the savings account interest rate they're getting. Being able to bring them opportunities and connecting them with syndications or other opportunities like a flip or you know, being private lending for other um, investors, man, that's so much fun because you're seeing both people are winning. Both sides are winning. You've got people that don't want to return on their money. And, you know, when you look at investing, like, well, what's a syndication? Well, typically it's $50,000. And there's not a lot of military people that have $50,000 saved up. You know, like, okay, well, Hutch and Heath is another great duo that is trying to expand and grow with military members being able to invest in syndications. So there's people that are, you know, they're able to get 
$25,000 as a minimum investment, you know? And so you have as a military member, when we talked earlier about, you know, education and, edu and, and learning and figuring out what it is in, in your, um, how you want to invest other than waiting for your paycheck and blowing it is your, le your level of risk, right? Like what's your risk tolerance? Are you all about like, yeah, man, like let crypto just bounce 99 to negative two every day and that's fantastic. Or does that scare you to no end, right? And does uh, a 2% change on your Apple stock like freak you out? Like that's all about your risk tolerance and then be able to find out what that risk tolerance is so that you can apply that in real estate because 90% of all millionaires own real estate. Well, that's a pretty good indicator that real estate is how you achieve maybe not financial freedom, but having an extra, I don't know, what an extra thousand dollars or $2,000 or $500 on the side due to your life to be able to help something. I don't think anybody has ever turned down a bonus from work. And if you can make some decisions, gain a little bit of knowledge. And uh, a quote that I tell my Marines all the time is there's no comfort in the growth zone and no growth in the comfort zone. And we only learn as humans when we're outside of our comfort zone. And if you can take that and apply a little bit of initiative, which we have, and put forth into how you can maximize your money, man, real estate's a great opportunity to do it. Huge. Excellent. No growth in the comfort zone and no comfort in the growth zone. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, man, this, this has just been a, an awesome podcast, man. I, I really enjoy my time, man. Um, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to any service member out there um, to help them, you know, do what you're doing, because so far you, you've dipped and dabbled into everything, right? So if there, was, if there was one, and so you were able to come, you were able to like basically, you know, start over. You went through the, the worst, you know, the, the worst recession that we know of so far, right? Went through the worst recession, brought yourself back. And then just crushing it now and dipped and dabbled in everything. With all that said, all your experience, right? You're 18 years in the military. If you had one piece of advice to give to a service member, what would that be? Advice for action. Take action. Do it. Don't, don't set your limiting beliefs. Don't let imposter syndrome deter you from taking action. Excellent. Excellent. And you, I, I love what you, what you mentioned there, like the imposter syndrome, because that's real, man. Like you get around some, some awesome people. Like I talk to some great people all, all the time, like Travis and, you know, uh, we, every single person you mentioned eight square capital, uh, with Hutch and Heath, every single person you mentioned we've, we've had on the show. Right. And these are people that, you know, we talk to and network with. Right. And all of them are like, I always feel like all of them are like leagues above where, where I'm at and where I want, you know, they're at kind of like where I want to be. Right. So, you know, imposter syndrome is real. Like, cause even people like me, I, I feel that sometimes I walk into a room and like, dang, dude, like these people are crushing it, man. Like, <laughs> so um, yeah, man, don't, don't let the limiting, limiting beliefs kill your, you know, kill your, uh, kill your goals, kill your dreams, man. It's good stuff. If anything, let it motivate you, dude. Cause if, everybody's everybody that you hear that's doing great things man they started off where you where you are now they all at some point in their life are where you were at now right don't compare the beginning of your journey to the end or the middle of someone else's right and, and i think that's what kind of leads to that imposter syndrome that comparing like oh man you know 
if you, you look at Travis right now and he's done all these different types of deals, but he's been in the game for like 20 years now, right? Like almost, tw- almost 20 years, 15 years now. So, I mean, don't compare yourself to, you know, the, the middle or the, or the end of Travis's journey when you're at the beginning, dude. Like, so I don't know. I just want to put that out there, but excellent, excellent advice. Definitely take action. That I think you're spot on like that. I wake up every day doing my miracle morning and I write my affirmations and I have to write my affirmations because if I don't write my affirmations by 1600 that day, I suck. I'm not good enough. This is the worst thing. I'm going to fail. Right. But no, my write the affirmations. I'm going to be financially free, free, free through real estate. I'm going to replace my annual income through cash flow and real estate. You know, I gain financial knowledge. I am worth knowing. I have multiple streams of income. Those are my affirmations. I write every single day because I'm putting that out in the universe. I'm telling the universe, hey man, like I'm gonna move you and this is how I'm gonna do it. Because you've got to, because nobody else is going to do it for you. And the, the beautiful thing about real estate, we've touched on all these amazing people, nobody does real estate alone, nobody. This is a team effort and anybody who's successful wants to help you be successful. This is not a one man show. This is not like, only the Pope can read the Bible because they're the only ones that can read Latin. Like, no, this is not it. Like get out there. It is so good. And there's some amazing people like you that we get to meet. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, How can our listeners get in contact with you? You can find me on Instagram, Travis Hill, one, three, one, zero. All right. Great. Definitely uh, hit Travis up on IG. Um, we've had, uh, we've had them on, I guess, like our IG a couple of times. So you, you can find them there as well. Um, we did a quick mini, mini interview with him as well and kind of gave some foreshadowing to as, uh, us bringing him on the podcast in the future. So now it's that time. Um, but yeah, man, this has been a great episode. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed my time. Um, Likewise. Yeah. I, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing some knowledge with us, man. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Super grateful. Appreciate it. I'm still glad I met you at, at uh, Hacking live, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, And with that, hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that uh, subscribe button, hit the notification bell and hit a like. We really appreciate those. Leave a comment below if you got a question for Travis. I'm sure he would love to answer that. Right. Um, If you're watching this on or if you're listening to this on podcast, leave us a review. We appreciate those as well. And uh, if you're on Facebook, man, come join our Facebook group. We got like 3,000 people on there right now, the service members, and we're, we're continually growing and we're trying to help others um, invest and um, just learn whatever they can about real estate. We just talked a lot about, you know, networking and how everybody in this, in this space is kind of tight knit and we kind of know each other. Uh, so this is just another example. Come join the Facebook group and uh, we'll help you out as well. Um, with that, this is Dan Wynn signing off. <laughs>